How long have you been a driving instructor, David? So I've been an instructor for four years, but I used to be a driver tester for the old RMS that we have here in Sydney. Right. In your opinion, uh, what's the main cause of concern with P-platers on our roads? I think the main concern is that um, they basically have this feeling of um, being invincible, pretty much. Um, they, these kids today, um, as much as I hate to say it, they basically live for today. They go to bed of a night time. If they open their eyes up tomorrow morning, it's just another day for them. Um, How much, David, would a defensive driving course cost? Look, it, it depends on where you do it. Um, a lot of parents ask um, if it's worth them doing that course for their kids um, to help them, I guess, be safer on the roads. Look, anything that we can do, obviously, that can make these kids safer and live longer on the roads, obviously, it's going to be beneficial. But I think if we introduce it as a compulsory thing, um, it's just not going to work. And I'll give you a really good example. I had a young kid who passed his driving test, um, pulled up at a set of lights in, uh, in Castle Hill in Sydney. But directly behind him was an unmarked police car. The kid decided when the light went green to absolutely plant it. The uh, unmarked police car obviously pulled him over. He's lost his licence for six months. And that was just out just because he felt like doing it, right? And this is near um, a residential area, near a school zone. So it doesn't matter how much we pump into educating the kids. If they want to do something, they're just going to do it. Right, Hanafi? But, mate, one, do you agree on the difference between defensive and advanced? And do you also agree that we now only teach them enough, just enough, to pass the test instead of what they really need to survive for the next 20 years? Look, the, the biggest issue that we've got is that um, like, in, unlike anything else that we do in life, if you want to go and work in a gaming lounge and uh, serve alcohol or deal with the, um, the gaming side of the, a, a pub, every two to five years you've got to be recredited to maintain that certificate of competency. You get your licence at 17, and unless there's been an um, unsafe driver report submitted or a person's been disqualified, you don't have to be retested mm. potentially until you're 85. That's true. That's the, that's the thing that we've got to over, uh, we have to actually deal with because you're driving something that can potentially kill not only yourself but other people on the road, but nothing is done for almost 69 years. Um, until you get to the age of 85. And even now, they've changed the rules for the 85-year-olds, but they don't even have to do a driving test. They just get a radius applied to their licence so they can go to the shops, to the doctors, to the chemist, without even having to do a driving test. But what so, about that test? Do you agree that we only teach them enough to pass it now? And, and the 120 hours I'll make that made the suggestion, you double that, it's really hard for some kids particularly if they've got working parents or they don't really have friends. And again, the harder it is, the more remote you live to get those hours up. Now, the fact that you do 120 hours doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a good driver. And I accept what you say, that some people, no matter what you teach them, will still do the wrong thing. But if you were looking for some value instead of giving them five grand towards a car, and they were made to do a defensive driving course, some will gain something from it, some won't, as, as you say. Yep. But I think that that would add to the small amount of knowledge they are given because when they are taught, they are only taught enough to pass the test. Okay, so I can't speak for other instructors. I can, what I can tell you, though, is being a driver tester, 
um, having tested hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants over the years, um, there are some driving schools out there, unfortunately, who will basically just teach their students enough to get through the test and that's it, okay? Mm -hmm. um, the, the guys and the girls who are fair income, like I am, about road safety, and my view is if I can save one kid's life on the road, I'm doing my job. So although I teach them a criteria to um, pass the driving test, my view is, and how I teach my kids, is that I'm not just teaching them to pass the test, I'm teaching them beyond that. Yeah, but how long so, have you got them? As a professional driving instructor, you may only have them for a couple of weeks, whereas mum and dad have got them for 120 hours. So, so are you teach? You you surely don't have the time to really teach how to drive. Okay, so, well, it's how you plan your your lessons. Most parents today, um, on average, are doing between, I'd say, five and fifteen lessons during that period um, of their uh, of their learning. So, my view is, if you hold a full license, like mums and dads do. You get a driving instructor in at the very beginning to sort of plant the seed on the things that they need to know um, to be road safe. And then roughly around about the 60 hours, you get someone like myself back in for another three or four um, lessons, um, again, just to make sure that mums and dads are doing the right thing. And then at the very end, again, bring someone like me in to make sure that that whole journey um, has been, I guess, compliant with the road rules and the things that they need to know to be safe drivers. And then we set them up for the driving test. David, in your opinion, is it the car that's the problem with the road toll with P-platers or is it the head on the shoulders of the P-plater? Okay, so statistically, they've um, through the studies that they've done, they know the cars that are pre-1996, they represent five times um, more of a risk to young drivers in terms of personal injury or death. So anything pre-96... Based on the statistics, um, anything that they're driving around that age and older, um, they're at a higher risk of either serious injury or death. Look, it doesn't matter. We've got kids whose parents are, are fortunate enough to buy these kids brand new Mercedes um, to drive around when they get their P-plates. And we've got parents who live in um, low socioeconomic areas and they buy their kids, as you guys refer to, the old chip boxes, right? Um, again, it's not necessarily the car. It's more to do with the person. Um, I so find they know it's, the, um, they know it's pre nineteen ninety six. You said, eh? but, but do we yes. know how many people are in cars of that age? Statistically, we don't. All we know is that based on the crash data that's been released, which basically formed the uh, the reason why they kicked off this keys to drive program, um, mm -hmm. we just know statistically that anything pre nineteen ninety six kids that are involved in motor vehicle accidents represented overall the highest portion of um, people seriously injured or killed on our roads. Yep. Now, we've they've introduced changes like obviously the um, restrictions on how many people they can have in the car at night time, the zero alcohol, the speed restrictions and all that sort of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to the individuals. We've got kids out there who are super responsible and we've got kids out there, like I said earlier, who just basically live for today, get through today and um, you know, as much as they can creep in today, happy days, and then tomorrow they wake up and they're back at it again. All right. And having you, having you come along, you might be the right bloke for some and, and others would want someone different, but it is another cost. And if they can get away without that cost, and, of course, they can't guarantee that you're going to be the instructor, and you've already said not everyone's the same. So yep. you know, there may be some combination in between. 
that the instructors have to include you know, something about road safety in it, and that's not there at the moment either, is it? Let, let, let me just throw this into the mix, Rod and David. Um, we talk often on this program about how every child in Australia should learn to swim and swimming lessons should be subsidised at school. Should driving lessons from a professional, I'm asking both David and Rod this, should professional driving lessons or at least two lessons for every P player to be subsidised? Yeah, look, I think the um, anything that the government can do, to, like I said, to help these families, and look, you've got to look at, at the moment um, the way our economy is in terms of what people would prefer to spend their money on, right? So most families will, um, like I said, get on average between five and 15 lessons in 20 hours. Now, the reason that a lot of them get 10 hours of professional instruction is because it equates to 30 hours in their logbook. So um, they're automatically accelerated by an additional 20 hours because they've done 10 hours with, a, uh, with an instructor. So if they can make it compulsory that, um, you know, that they have to do, it's compulsory that they have to do lessons with an instructor as part of their package, um, they will benefit from that, whereas opposed to um, some families, unfortunately, can't afford to do that's it. That's right. Some but families can't. That's right. So if we... That's why I'm can't... saying, so maybe maybe you means test it, because um, I think it would be a good idea for every uh, pea player that have had a professional lesson. But here's the thing you've got to look out for, Rod and David. As soon as you subsidise something, you get a whole bunch of cowboys come into the industry who are suddenly experts, and we saw that with pink bats. So no, you, we've got that now. So, got that now. So you would have to say you would have to have been an accredited driving instructor for the last five years, yeah, before we introduced the subsidy, so we don't have a pink bat situation. You with me? Yeah. yeah look, once we come out of the pandemic uh, in 2021, there was an influx of driving instructors into the industry. Not that I care about that, because I don't. I'm not being rude when I say I don't really care what other um, driving instructors do. But we had an influx of driving instructors come onto the market and. Again, you'd be surprised at how many people go to these new instructors. They have one or two lessons with them. They're not getting bang for their buck. And then they start to shop around and they finally find someone who can, you know, give them what they need in terms of not only bang for their buck, but the information they actually need to drive properly and drive safely on the road. And it's like anything. You're exactly right. You introduce money into the equation. There's going to be people coming out of the woodwork saying, well, pay me and I'll just do the work for you, right? Yeah, we've got to be very careful. It's a, There's a lot to talk about, and it's such an important topic. And, David, I can't thank you enough for ringing through, and you've been great. I'm going to put you back to Thomas because you've been rattling off some statistics there, and I need to get my hands on those statistics to look at them for myself. So can you stay there? Yeah, sure, absolutely. All right, Thomas will talk to you off air. Interesting caller, Rod. Very